0: Okay, you guys, let me ask you a question. Do you struggle to get your weddings featured? Are your wedding submissions constantly being rejected from your dream publications? Does the thought of creating your own submission completely overwhelm you? Well, this is exactly why I created Submission Support to help wedding photographers and planners just like you. Inside our monthly email membership community is where you'll learn what makes a good submission, how to start thinking like an editor, how to curate your images, and how to submit your next wedding all on your own. I've helped dozens of photographers and planners get featured and now I get to help you directly in your inbox every month. To learn more, visit submissionsupport.teewithjanae.com and join today. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the creator of Submission Support, our monthly membership to help you curate and submit your next wedding. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. Today I'm chatting with Engville all about the importance of a sustainable business. We chat about what exactly a sustainable business looks like and means to you as a wedding photographer how we can make sure we're profitable and avoid the dreaded burnout. A little bit about Engel before we get started is that she is an educator and mentor for photographers. She helps talented but overworked photographers get back in touch with the artists they want to be and where they wanna work with their dream clients without having to work too much. She does this by helping them build their confidence and set boundaries and teaching them to charge with their worth with a seven-step program and they can make a living from their creativity. I'm so excited she's here today, so let's get a, a, grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have a wonderful guest on the line today. Ingle, can you say hi to everyone?
1: Hi. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Me too. I'm so excited to have you here. I was on your show. Now you're on my show. This is so fun. How are you doing today?
1: I am good. It's it's like summer's come back here, so it's really nice.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Where are you located again?
1: I'm in Norway, southern Norway.
0: Amazing. Oh, that's awesome. So what's the sort of temperature there now?
1: Uh, it's been about, I think, 24, 25 degrees Celsius, which... I don't know if that's like 70s or 80s. Right? Oh, nice. I'm not really
0: sure. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm like going to have to look it up because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I'm like, uh, I don't know. eyed <laughs> over here, but yes. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Today we're going to be talking about the importance of a sustainable business, and I know this mm-hmm. is something you really feel passionate about, and I'm excited to sort of pick your brain and learn more and and help our listeners. But before we get started, let's say let's introduce you to everyone who's listening. Can you tell us a little bit more about you, your company, and how you got started?
1: Oh yeah, of course. So I'm real. I'm from Norway, and I started out as a photographer probably, I don't even know, I can't keep track, but maybe 13 <laughs> years ago. And I felt like I was kind of the odd one out whenever I went to workshops and stuff, uh, because I really love the business side. Like most other photographers, they love their creativity, their artistic side. And of course, I love that too. But I just felt so kind of connected with all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. So I just have really enjoyed being the one to kind of help other photographers with that side of things, like how to do things in a more profitable way, how to spend less time working, how to make sure that you are streamlining your systems and all that stuff. So a few years ago, I decided to I decided to start creating some courses and some education around that and then probably about two years ago I also started a podcast uh, about the same kind of stuff and I it's just what I really really enjoy just helping others.
0: I love that I love that yeah I know your podcast is wonderful and I'm so excited that you're here yeah I think you know I think it's interesting that you like doing all the minutiae and all of the business mm-hmm. stuff. And most photographers like could care less and they don't want any part of it. <laughs> so it's a good yang to the yang. <laughs> yeah,
1: because usually if you, because I completely understand that, okay, so it's the boring stuff and it's the stuff that you don't want to deal with. But if you do deal with it just a little bit, then that's going to be the thing that's going to enable you to keep going and to actually stay in business for as long as you want to.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the stuff's important and that's why you're here today. So yeah, I'm excited. Let's jump right in. Um, you know, when we talk, when you say um, sustainable business, you know, what does that actually mean?
1: Uh, well, what I've found out that through having my podcast, because I always ask that question to every guest, like what is a sustainable business to you? And everyone has a different answer. So I think it's really fascinating how it can mean different things to different people. But to me, when I started the podcast, it basically meant a profitable business, like one that is lasting where you don't burn out. Because one of the things that happened since, you know, I've been a photographer for so long, meeting other photographers, just seeing how many end up giving up, either because it's, you know, they're not profitable or it's because they are ending up burnt out and just too overwhelmed. So that's a huge part of it, making sure that you've set yourself up so you can keep doing it. You're not working too much, you're working with the right kinds of clients that, so that you so that you enjoy it, so that you're not like, oh no, another client, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> it should be people that you enjoy and like and that you can give what they want, but it's also what you want, so that you're not putting too much, you're not giving up too much. So Mm -hmm. that it's like a give and take. Um, And also kind of making sure that you're putting yourself first, making sure that you have a business that's there to support your life and not just, you know, putting everything you have into your business, which can happen to so many of us so easily because we do this thing that we love and then it just ends up taking over.
0: Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. So, you know, how do you think that that affects wedding photographers? You know, are I feel like you might be talking a little bit about burnout. <laughs> mm,
1: yeah, because I think especially I've worked with uh, all kinds of photographers, but since I have been a wedding, wedding photographer for so long, that's probably what I know the best. And when you're a wedding photographer, you work with couples over such a long amount of time from maybe the time of booking until you know, sometime after the wedding. it's It can easily be a couple of years and you just are so invested in that couple and you want the best for them and the hours are long and you just easily end up exhausted. And that's just from the part of your work that's directly connected with photography and, you know, giving the couple or the clients whatever it is that they are hoping to get. But then there's all the other stuff. You know all the time you have to spend marketing and for some reason it seems like photographers think that they have to do everything themselves for it to be their business so most photographers end up doing all the editing themselves all the all the emails themselves they uh, update their and probably make their own websites they do all the accounting you know all those things and I think that's almost like a recipe to burnout if you think you have to do everything yourself. Yeah. Combined with the fact that most of them, most of us, charge way too little. So that we have to work a lot as well just to get by.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I feel like when I first started, I thought I had to do it all on my own. Mm-hmm. And I did a, and I did a lot of it on my Me own. <laughs> and uh definitely burnout, resentment, you know, wasn't charging enough. Mm-hmm. But for me, my catalyst—I've um, said this before on the show—was when I had a, uh, became pregnant and was going to have uh, my daughter. I realized, oh, I I can't do this all. <laughs> like, there's just no way that I can do this all. And automating and hiring VAs and and working out systems allowed me to like figure that part out. And I feel like even now, eight years later, she's eight, like AI is like, you know, helping me do things and Mm -hmm. editing and all this stuff. So I think it's very interesting and important to talk about because, you know, it can be really overwhelming. One, to be your own business owner, and then two, to think that you have to do it all on your own.
1: Yeah. And that's a mindset thing, most of all, I think, where you where you think you have this idea in your head that, oh, I have to do it all for it to be my business. And if you look at other businesses, you'll see that you know they, can, they are able to keep doing whatever it is they do because they have people working for them. It's not yeah. like the guy that set up that, um, I can't even think of a business, whoever set up whatever kind of a business is making it work because they're getting good employees, they're having someone who's probably better than them doing some pieces of it. Right. And you probably don't need to hire someone. You can probably do things uh, without having someone in, on like a payroll, but you can outsource some things. You can have someone like a contractor. You can set, um, you can, you can hire out certain tasks. Like I, for example, have someone doing all my editing for me, those kinds of things that are just as needed, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is so helpful. And as you mentioned as well, like just having the systems in place, automating where you can, using AI. I mean, what a lifesaver that is. If you just, if you trust yourself to think that this is okay to use, you're not a bad person. It's not any less of your business if you do.
0: Right. Yeah, no, 100%. I think people including myself. Like last year, I was like, I'm not going to use AI. I have an editor. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and then you realize that it's pretty incredible and you're saving all this time and you're mm-hmm. also saving money Yes, and you're serving your client better and you have more time to do other things and make mm-hmm. more money or, or work with more clients. And you're like, oh, this, why did not I do this sooner? I'm like, that's literally my thought process, like kicking myself. Like, why did I wait so long? Mm-hmm. But you know, everything takes time and you never know until you try it. So this is, this is why it's like a good conversation to have to get people thinking, like, where am I struggling in my business? And how can I make it more sustainable? Because I feel like I'm on the edge of burnout.
1: Yeah. And hopefully you'll do this way before you even have that thought or even fear of, of burning out because it's it's that whole thing of just thinking, okay, in the long run, five years from now, do I still want to be doing all these things myself? Mm-hmm. And if the answer, answer is no, then start looking for someone yeah. to help you out. Don't try to look for an editor to help you out in the middle of busy season. Start, you know, when things are quiet and do your research and test some different people or different AI services out and see, is this the right fit for me? Try to be like ahead of the game.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so now that we know what a sustainable business looks like and what we're talking about, you know, how can we start to build our own business to be more sustainable if we haven't already? Well,
1: I think it all starts with you becoming aware of who you are and what you want. Because so often, and I see this with so many educators they are teaching, this is what worked for me. So this is how you should do it to be successful. And I'm not saying that that will necessarily be wrong, but I think you'll get so much further if you first get to know yourself and realize, oh, I'm this kind of a person. I need this to be happy. I need this to be productive. This is the way that I process information so that you can set up your business to be right for you not for anyone else but for you and start there because okay so we became photographers because we love photography but also you can be a photographer without having your own business so since you have your own business you should kind of keep that in mind that oh it's my business I get to do things how I want to do it yeah and instead of just following someone else's path kind of find your own try to or dare to listen to yourself and what you need and what you want. So start there um, and then decide, okay, so what's going to make me feel happy? What's going to make my business be successful and create goals based on that? Uh, that's where I would start.
0: I love that. I love that. So even if you're like a newbie, that's what you would suggest.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Of course, that I, I would say that comes after... Actually, knowing how to photograph, knowing how to use your camera and all that. That should, if you know you want to be a photographer, definitely start there. But once you're like, yeah, I, I want to make a living from this. This is what I want to do. Then I would definitely start there to, to do things right by yourself first instead of figuring all that out after you've done it for some time. Although, of course, do that as well if you haven't. But if you're new, I would start there. Um, And once you have your goals set, like once you know, okay, so for me, I want to, I have, you know, all of July off every year, I want to go on a long holiday, I want to work um, only four days a week, I want to make this much money, I want, for me, it's important to do this, I want, you know, whatever it is you want in your life, you also need a plan of how to get there. Okay, so if I'm going to make this much money then I need to offer this kind of shoot. I need to charge this much. Like have have it in, have a structure, have it in place and don't be afraid to ask for help. Have someone in your corner that's going to be there to back you up because when you're a photographer and you work by yourself, you have your own business, it can be so lonely.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be for sure. If I didn't have my... My girlfriends <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the people that I've met along the way over my, I've been in doing this 13 years as well. Like it's, uh, I don't know what I would do. They're my office mates, you know, they're like my best mm-hmm. friends. They're my office mates. They're my confidence. They're the people I lean on mm-hmm. and the people that I ask for advice as well, you yeah. know, like in situations, cause I mean, we know in the wedding photography business, there's always a new situation that you have to figure out how are you going to respond
1: mm, to an email? So
0: true. <laughs> to some sort of request where you're like, no one has ever asked me that before. Let me let me figure it out. So, you yeah. know, I love to know, as you love systems and you like helping people figure this stuff out, what type of system should we have in place to help us manage our business to be more sustainable? Mm,
1: yeah, that's a good question. A few years ago, um, maybe five, six years ago, I felt so overwhelmed in my business. I was using like an Excel spreadsheet to keep track of all my inquiries and all my bookings. And and it was just, it was so overwhelming. And I remember thinking, this is like, I'm at the breaking point now. I can't handle any more. I don't know what to do. And someone introduced me to a CRM, Dubsado. And I think if it hadn't been for that, I probably couldn't have kept going because it was just too much. Mm-hmm. So get a CRM. <laughs> that's, that's probably my first um, suggestion. And because-
0: for those, and for those who listen, who don't know what that is. It's like a mm-hmm. client management software. Yes. So like a 17 hats or a Visado or HoneyBook. Mm-hmm. Um, I think rock paper coin is one now. So
1: ninja is a popular one here in Europe.
0: Yeah. So you've got a couple yeah. of, you got a lot of options. Yeah.
1: There are a lot of options and, um, Uh, they're probably they're slightly different depending on what you want and stuff and that's not really the important thing the important thing (laughs) is that you get one and that you set it up and that you start using it yeah (laughs) that makes a huge difference um so that you can automate a lot of things you can have all your email templates instead of like crafting an email from scratch every single time you get an inquiry or every single time something else happens that you know is going to happen and not only to save you time and you know brain space and all that but also to make sure that you are giving each and every one of your clients the best possible experience because if you think that you're going to remember everything you should be telling your clients time and time again you're wrong because you will mess up you will exclude really important information and then they're going to be left with a little bit of a less experience that they than they could have been.
0: Yeah. And you definitely don't want to do that.
1: You don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I would actually choose a CRM that connects with your calendar so that you have everything automatically into your calendar, whether it's booking meetings or actually the shooting day or engagement session, whatever it is, so that you're never left wondering what to do. And you can, you know, also put all the other stuff you're doing in your calendar. That's that's such an important thing, I think.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's it's very important. And I don't I don't know how this happens, but have you ever heard of a couple of incidents? not me personally, but like heard of, um when people like double book themselves. Mm-hmm. And I just think like, oh my God, that is so yeah. Awful. What and, a nightmare, yeah. Yeah. And like, wouldn't it be wouldn't have been smarter <laughs> to invest in a CRM that's connected to your calendar? Yeah.
1: That will let yeah. you know
0: that you are actually booked that day. Because I've heard mm-hmm. this happen. I think even a couple of guests on the show have admitted it or talked about stories where they were double booked and they had to find a solution, and it was mm-hmm. so painful and yeah. so embarrassing that mm-hmm. you know having a sustainable business, a CRM, like in place would have avoided all of that altogether. Like I think that would take five years off my life if I had to deal with that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you know, they're not very costly. I think my one, Devsado, I think it's like $30 a month. Oh, that's and if that's gonna yeah, so and if that's gonna kind of free up your time and energy so you can get one more client. I think that's a no brainer.
0: Yeah, for sure. I don't Mm -hmm. think you can go wrong that way. No. So you have a CRM and it connects to your website. Is there anything else that we should have?
1: Well, you want to have a website. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Definitely (laughs) want to have a website. And this is also one of my kind of like passion topics because there are so many photographers who have websites that are kind of, you know, underutilized. They Mm -hmm. are just missing out on so much potential because of how their websites are structured. And ideally, you want to make sure that your website is set up in such a way that it's easy for your clients to get directly from your front page, whatever page that must be that they end up getting on the first time they visit. And then coming to your contact page, filling in your, um, in your contact form. And that form is just automatically directly, um, sorry. And that form is automatically sent to your CRM. That's mm-hmm. the way mine is set up. It's a Dubsado CRM form just embedded on into my website so that whenever someone fills it in, that inquiry is directly both into my inbox and in my CRM so that it's just so easy to stay on top of.
0: Yeah, definitely. You want it to be easy and seamless and yes, and things that you know make your life better. Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
1: Absolutely, you do. Uh, and you also want to have a good... Um, And you also want to have a gallery system where you can easily deliver galleries to your clients when you're done. And that can be done in many ways. And there are several options. My favorite is PickTime. And what I do is I have a plugin in Lightroom so that when my edits are done, it's just a matter of creating a gallery inside of um, Lightroom and then hit export and automatically the the images are in that software, the gallery software, and then I can send it to my clients. It's so easy.
0: Oh, that's great. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I you know, it's like I know Lightroom has this feature and I just never use it.
1: Mm.
0: And I'm a little bit of a control freak. I need to go through it first, but that's, but very, help- that's very helpful.
1: It's very helpful. It's it saves so much time because the way I used to do it, I would export the files from from Lightroom uh, into my computer and then upload them. So it's, yeah. it's a step that's taken away and it saves a lot of time. And once you have a uh, time, for example, set up, I'm sure other softwares are the same where you can automate so many features like reminders and set up a shop and different things like that. So that your business is just kind of in, in a sense. At least part of it is running on autopilot.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a really good mm-hmm. tip. Are there, are there things that we should avoid? Things that we shouldn't do?
1: Uh, in terms of like software and automations?
0: Yeah. Like things that you've like tried before and it didn't work for you or like didn't have the best user experience, you know. I don't want people to get too, I don't want people to get too overwhelmed, but like, maybe there's like something you're like, just stay away from that one.
1: (laughs) Um, I don't think, because I've I've tried many things. And one thing that I've kind of experienced again and again is that one piece of software isn't necessarily better than the other. Mm -hmm. So instead of like switching again and again and spending a ton of time doing that, because setting up a software, whether that's Dubsado or it's pick time or whatever it is. It takes time. So I would say if you can outsource it and get it done the first time, and then the best software is the one you use. So yes. instead of like thinking that the next one is going to be perfect, then, you know, the perfect software doesn't exist.
0: <laughs> I have to remind myself mean, that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I would say just try to get to come to peace with the fact that it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be way better than not having one. Um, And one thing I can also say that that is a mistake that, that I have done before, I guess it was different when I started out because there wasn't as many options, is that I was the kind of person who always wanted to do things the difficult way. So instead of getting... I don't know if Pigtime existed. It probably didn't. But let's say instead of getting Pigtime, I wanted to have, you know, a self hosted version that was like all going to be mine forever. And while I had that for several years, it was just so much work setting it up. And it would have saved me so much time if. Um, and probably user experience in terms of my clients and stuff as well if I would have just like okay this exists I'm not going to spend any time trying to perfect it yeah. uh, or perfect, perfect something else because I think it's just such an easy trap to fall into wanting to save money or whatever it is Um, it costs money to have a business that's just how it is mm-hmm. and if you're struggling with that part of it there's something wrong with your prices and you need to do something about that. So I feel like it's it, it's all like pieces of the same puzzle. You can't do it if you don't like if there's a piece missing, there's it's not going to work. So you need you need that to to be right.
0: Yeah. If not you're just going to struggle. I 100% agree. And, and you mentioned pr- pricing twice already. Let's talk about that real quick. I mean mm-hmm. and that's like a whole new podcast. You could come back and we could talk <laughs> yeah. about it. I think pricing is one I have to, I think I actually have to do a show about that. I haven't done that yet uh, um, because it's such a, I don't know. You just open a can of worms, but I yeah, think sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's important. I think it is like when you're evaluating your business and you're setting up your systems and you're working really hard and you're not making a profit, like how, mm. maybe like, what is that breaking point where like, I have to raise my rates. I, I think for me, Personally, it was like understanding my value, understanding my worth and understanding Mm -hmm. that it costs X to work with me and I need to make X to support my business and my family and be part of the household income Mm -hmm. and not being um, apologetic for that. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like people like feel bad charging what they're worth, but they need to like the mindset stuff. That's really important because the only way you're going to last is if you charge what you're worth. You can't just keep working like a hamster on a wheel, you know, like you you no. need to grow. I think I would love to hear, you know, and this could be another show, but <laughs> what would be like some a tip or or something you can help someone struggling with that today to, to maybe get a better understanding about?
1: Yeah. So pricing is one of the key parts of having a business. And it's also one of the things that it's just difficult all around. Because it's so subjective. There's no like, oh, this is the right price. There's so many factors. You know, it, it matters who your clients are, it matters what your expenses are, matters how much money you want to make. I mean, there's so many things. So it's going to be a bit tricky. And I actually have several pricing episodes in my podcast, because I think it's, it's just one of those things you could just never say enough about, but I'm going to try to say some some of the important things. And one of them is you need to figure out what your expenses are Mm -hmm. and not just like, okay, so now I'm saving as much as possible and I'm doing as much as possible on my own. I'm not getting any help, not those expenses, but like your future expenses, Think of a healthy business that you're gonna have in a year or two years if you don't have that already and think about those expenses. Those are the expenses you need to use when you're calculating your rates. And you also need to think about how much you work and how much you want to work. Because mm-hmm. if you're working you know, 24 seven in a way that's just not sustainable, that's not what you can use to calculate your sustainable rates. You need to think, okay, so if I'm going to be working full-time in my business, these are how many shoots I can do. And and that's how you do it, basically. You can't think about like, oh, but if I really stretch, I can work six days a week and then I can use the seventh day to do editing. No, that's not how you should think. No. No, that's like the recipe for perfect. Yeah, disaster. (laughs) Yeah, do not do that. So let's say that you have, you know that you can do three sessions every single month, and you know that your expenses are, I don't know, let's say they're 3,000, just to make okay. it easy. 3,000 yeah. expenses and three sessions. Then you know that each session have to be at least a 1,000 for you to break even. Not mm-hmm. to make any money, but to break even. Mm-hmm. So that means that you can't charge any less than that or you'll get in trouble. Right. And then you need to think about, okay, but what about your own expenses. How much money do you want to make? Do you right. have a salary that you want to match from a job you already have? Uh, do you, you know, you have to think about like that. And it's, again, it's so subjective. So you need to figure that out. But that's like the quick and easy way to figure out how much does a shoe or a wedding have to be for you to make a living?
0: Yeah. No, I agree. It, it It's mm-hmm. like so simple.
1: It's so simple. But it's actually it's so really... Hard.
0: And it, it's so hard. Yeah. It's like it a, is. it's a conundrum, right? It's like yeah. a, it's like an oxymoron.
1: <laughs> it is. Because like a because big shrimp. Then, yeah. Because then it's also like that that thing that makes it hard, which is, you know, our feelings. Oh, but no one's gonna want to pay this much. And mm-hmm. and you just think, okay, so in two years, that's when I'm gonna start charging that much. And that's what most of us do. We start out at a point that's way too low, and then we think okay, so I'm going to increase it gradually. Like January 1st, I'm going to increase my prices. And then what happens is it takes us years and years to actually have a profitable business. And then it's probably going to take even longer to have a business where we can pay ourselves. Right. So I disagree with that way of doing it. Even if you're new as a photographer and you don't have a lot of experience, you need to figure out what your profitable rates are early on so that you can start uh, having those prices as soon as possible. Because if you build your client base around people who are willing to pay a fraction of what you need to charge, that's not gonna work. I mean, you're gonna be working really hard for hardly any money. And then once you increase your prices to a healthy level, you're gonna be starting all over again because those clients, they're gonna be wanting uh, different images. They're gonna have a different style they're going to be living in a different place than where you've been used to marketing. I mean, there's so many things. So I would say, even if it's really hard, figure out what your prices have to be and start early. Yeah. And then once your prices are profitable, of course, you can adjust to supply and demand and all that. And you can increase and try to think about that, like what your work is worth in terms of like your inner feelings and all that. But for most, I would say it's a matter of not charging enough to begin with, due to you know expenses and yeah.
0: and salary. I love that. Yeah, that's a lot of knowledge right there. <laughs> People might have to listen to that twice, but it's very. <laughs> I think for me, when I got an accountant and got on QuickBooks, I've talked about this a few times and and saw the numbers and realized like, oh, I I I need to charge more. I need to do more. Mm-hmm. I need. I'm working. Uh, harder, not smarter. You know, I want to be smarter, yeah. not harder. And like, exactly. then, you you know, being very aware of your income is really going to help you do this. And we have several shows yeah. about that. So I feel like if you guys are struggling with that, like this is a great you know, intro to that, but, and then we have some other experts who can help you talk about that, you know, figure that out some more and always going with a professional is my advice. Mm. (laughs) You know, doing it your own also can get you in trouble and you don't want to do that. So if you could, like we are talking about like having people help you right in your business to keep it sustainable, like hire a CPA, hire a bookkeeper, Mm -hmm. do these things that will save you money in the long run because then yes. you don't owe these big taxes and you're not unaware of what you're actually making and owing and there, it's all intertwined it's all cyclical it like it's it's such a encompassing topic but yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah. so i like to um wrap up each show with a couple of tips that people who have been listening can sort of uh, end the show and, and do stuff on their own and really push their their business forward. So I would love for you to share, even though this show is so great, maybe like your top three like must-dos um, when they're done with today's episode. How can we start them going off in the right direction for a sustainable business?
1: Yeah. So I would start by thinking, okay, so what do I want? Figure out that and create a plan. And it doesn't have to be, you know, very detailed to begin with, but just get an idea of what do you actually want? Because so often we start out doing things because we think we have to and not because we want to. So it's kind of like a nudge just to become aware, what do I want? And then, second of all, I would actually encourage everyone to have a mentor, someone to be there for you, someone you can ask for advice, someone who can help you stay accountable because that can be so valuable for for you, whether you're new or whether you've been doing this for quite some time. I always have someone like a coach or a mentor that I can, that's just on, on my team, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like for sure. Who's, who's there um, and can help me just do things and to, to go in the right direction, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. And finally, I'm oh, sorry.
0: No, gonna say that, I love that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, and one of the most important things is work out your prices. Mm-hmm. That if, if you have a business, you need to have you need to be profitable, and pricing is it's so important.
0: Yeah, it's it's the make or break of your company. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. It is. It is because you can't always just work more. You have to figure out where your prices
0: need to be. Yeah, definitely. I love this. This has been great. Yeah, this has been so helpful. I feel like a lot of great tips in here, things to think about, things to dive into in your own business. And, you know, I think Inville, like this is going to help people sort of get on the right path if they've been putting it off um, or they're just starting out who's listening. And, you know we're here to help you guys so i hope this has been helpful so let's tell everybody where they can find out more about you your services and of course say hello online
1: oh yeah of course so i'm on instagram
0: uh,
1: and my handle is Colnes, which i know is a bit tricky it's norwegian it's i-n-g-v-i-l-d-k-o-l-n-e-s And I have a podcast that you should be able to find pretty much everywhere where you listen to podcasts. It's called Sustainable Photography. And my uh, website is also inveilcones.com, again, spelled in the same way. Um, And in terms of like what I help uh, people with, it's, well, I have a mentor program, a one year program where we go through everything in your business from A to C, basically, just all the things that you need to have a sustainable business. And I do web design because again as I mentioned earlier in the episode as well, it's just so underutilized for most photographers and it can be such a gold mine it has for me getting most of my bookings through my website. It's just again the sustainability part not having to post on social media every single day. That is a that is a time saver. Yeah. Um, and I also do Uh, like what I call power hours where we just focus on one area and work through that. So different, different things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: I love a good power hour. Those are always the best. Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Like really focused on something you're struggling with and you go in there and you fix the problem Mm -hmm. and you give some solutions and then people move forward. I love that. I love power hours. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I love them.
0: Yeah. Oh, this has been so great. Thank you so much for being here. You guys can swipe on up right now, click on those show notes and let Ingville know that you listened to today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy to have you on Tea with Janae and I hope to have you on again soon. Yeah, this was
1: great. This, this was so much fun. Thanks.
0: that's it, you guys. I hope you liked today's episode. I want to give a huge shout out and a big thank you to Ingville for being our wonderful guest today. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so glad we got to reciprocate podcast episodes. If you guys want to find out more about her and how to work with her, swipe on up, click the show notes and let her know you listened to today's episode. All right, you guys, I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Bye.